Hey everybody, welcome again to Press A Gaming. I'm your host, Zephyr Zero, and today I am joined by God, Wild, High 70, Wild High 77. Ugh, I forgot your gamer tag for a second there, I'm so sorry. Wow. Well, maybe you should try playing video games with me once in a while, you might remember it. <laughs> yeah, we're, it's, 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 a, it's a process. It's a process. I have a tiny human I have to take care of now, so. Nobody wants to hear about your winky. <laughs> well, it's hard to hold a baby in a controller at the same time. <laughs> Somebody should get on that. You hear me, game companies? You should get on that. Didn't they do that for PS3? Didn't they have, like, the one-handed controller that was really good for RPGs? Uh, well, actually, that's like a that's probably a topic for an entire other Press A gaming in itself. Uh, there's a lot of gaming companies that have actually been making strides with... Um, uh, controllers that are specifically designed for differently abled people. Ah, differently abled. We're politically correct on press A gaming. Well, I mean, it's it's a more accurate term for it. True. Because you know, if if you're able to still function by having a slightly differently designed controller, you're not disabled. You're differently abled. If you can't function, then yeah, you're disabled. Well, I guess I'm disabled. All right, so what's the topic today? Oh, yeah. Didn't get to the topic intro. Uh, today's topic is, as a lot of you in the gaming scene have probably noticed, uh, last week or so, we got our first look at Doom Eternal. And Yay. oh my god, is it beautiful. Yay. Well, here, here's, the, uh, here's, here's the question. How much of a Doom fan are you? Are like you an old schooler coming back from the Doom, Doom Two, Doom Three days, or are you like coming in since Bethesda's like real takeover and, I, and Doom Twenty Sixteen? I, I will admit, I have not been in the Doom scene for a little while. Most of my Doom experience playing the original ID Software game uh, for MS DOS. Um, so, uh, my, my, my Doom experience is the classic Doom original running around in the, the super pixelated 3D environment, blasting demons in the face with your boomstick. <laughs> like, it's such a great game. So, but most of my memories of playing Doom are of that original Doom style. So, watching Doom, the, the videos uh, for the trailer of Doom Eternal and all the release things for that, it made my heart happy because it was like, even though it was new, updated graphics, it still felt like that old MS-DOS first-person shooter running through the levels and everything and, and killing demons as they run up on you. So, like, so you haven't played 2016? No, I have not played 2016. Oh, see. All right, it's, it's, I don't know if you've, you can run out and buy it. It's not, it's not relatively expensive nowadays. Uh, I would recommend doing that. But if not, there is a Let's Play that I did of Doom 2016. You need to watch it. So I am I am still familiar with the Doom series. Uh, even though I didn't play the games, I did keep up with uh, reading about the games when they did can't come out. So I know the basic storyline behind all the games. Of you, you are a space marine with the UAC. I forget what the hell the UAC stands for. So long ago, but uh, you're pretty much tasked with fighting demons. And Mars. Mars is often involved in the series. Correct. Uh, but technically, in, in in the series, you're not just a space marine coming to uh, kill demons. That's not necessarily your job, per se. You wind up becoming the doom, the prophesized doom slayer. Demons yep. fear you because you are the one thing that can actually stop hell from existing basically because your but, rage is yeah. more powerful than that of hell itself <laughs> but uh i'm super excited for doom eternal the graphics look amazing 
um, it really does evoke those memories of the original playing the original Doom. Um, I remember back in the old days of the wad packs, like people were making their own wads for Doom. Um, not everybody has my Comic Core experience, so I should probably explain this for the audience. Uh, wad is an acronym for the original Doom game uh, on MS DOS and then PC. Of uh, it basically means where's all the data, and uh, it was it was a way of the programmers and uh, uh, later modders way of uh, putting data in the game. Uh, so uh, it was all the data files basically. Right. And uh, what made Doom interesting is, for a lot of players is it was very much one of the first um, games out there that was heavily modded uh, because the, the, because of the WAD system, so that people would go out and make their own WADs to load into the game, uh, so you could have levels based around like real-world locations that you were around with. It's like uh, I know my dad used to tell the story all the time of uh, in the Air Force they had a, a Doom WAD of the Warfare Center of the base that he worked at. One of the most the wad did the Sorry. wad did event the wad did eventually get pulled off of the uh, computer network because it was uh, unofficial and uh, the brass didn't like it very much, but um, it did exist. One of the one of the ones I remember the most was uh, uh, Simpsons Doom was yep. a was a modification for uh, being able to go through the world and you're basically your Homer Simpson and. Uh, you're facing like Ned Flanders and I forget who the who the cyber demon was supposed to be in the game. I think it was like Mo <laughs> from Mo's Tavern. Like I spent way too much time on that on that mod. <laughs> the the Doom series is largely responsible for creating the large modding community that we have today. And it, it it's unofficially the, the really the start of the craze of the first person shooter. I mean, arguably, you could say technically... It really Wolfen is. But technically, might, Wolfenstein 3D was the first real RP, uh, it, FPS. But it might it, not be the father of modern RPGs, but it is responsible for the takeoff of the uh, first-person shooters. I think I said RPGs there. Yeah, I, I do that once in a while, too, with it. Like, I mean one thing and I come out with another because FPS is just so weird to say. But um, nah, it's, it's, it, RPGs are my are my bread and butter, so it, it, it's it, it's no wonder that that's where my mind always is. <laughs> but um, I mean, but I mean, like you know, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like to my to my knowledge, and I mean, you can fact check me on this. I believe Wolfenstein was the birth of the FPS as we know it. Wolfenstein yes. 3D. But really, um, the popularity came from the fact of the explosion that was Doom. Oh yes. Like Wolf, Wolfenstein was was it's a successful series in and of its own right. It's still pretty successful. Um, I, I I received endless hilarity out of the uh, annou announcement and launch of Wolfenstein: The New Colossus, and all of the the dude bro neckbeards jumping online and, and saying, uh, "Yeah, about killing Nazis. Way to make it political." And it's like. Have you ever played have you, Wolfenstein? Have you ever played a Wolfenstein game? <laughs> I remember <laughs> what killing. The series is about. I remember killing. You know, being a teenager, killing uh, Cyber Hitler in Wolfenstein 3D. He was uh, level three's main boss. Mecha Hitler. Mecha Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Which was basically Hitler a, in a freaking cyber suit. He is a card in Cards Against Humanity, and I'm the. Whenever anybody plays that card and I'm card czar, it's just instant win. There, there are very few uh, scenarios where I will not pick Mecha Hitler just because I love that card so much. <laughs> Probably due to the fact that uh, Doom and Wolfenstein were two of my, my first ever first-person shooters. So, Wolfenstein, Doom, and then there was like two uh, – well – Technically, many spinoffs, but I, I also enjoyed the Quake series while it was around. 
and uh, Duke Nukem, and when when it changed to a uh, third person shooter up until like Duke Nukem Forever, uh, yeah. and there was a series called Blood, which was really creepy, but it was it was definitely a good. If, if you ever want to look up old uh, DOS based first person shooters, look up Blood. You, you'll thank me for it later. <laughs> but uh, now Doom was very big on creating the first-person shooter craze. Uh, we largely have Doom to thank for titles like Call of Duty and Battlefield, because if, if Doom hadn't come around, we would probably still be uh, looking at a video game market that was dominated by platformers. Because no, in the, in, in the early... Right. In the early 90s, that was the, the dominant video game market. You had It was pretty much all platformers. It was Metroid. It was Contra. It was... Mario Brothers. Yeah, Mario Brothers, Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, everywhere you look... Pre-Doom, everywhere you look, the big names, big name games were all platformers. And then Doom came out with the first-person shooter... Uh, style and Wolfenstein had the first-person shooter style as well, and but when Doom came out, it just exploded because everybody picked up Doom because it wasn't afraid to be gory, you know, it wasn't afraid to try and be scary. It I'll had, admit it. It had a lot a more weapons too, because Wolfenstein, I think you had uh, you had three weapon choices in Wolfenstein. You had the uh, the hand pistol, the machine gun. And I think the chain gun, and that was it. Uh, Doom took it that much farther with giving you like shotguns, double barrel shotguns, chainsaw, and of course the BFG nine thousand. Everybody's the, favorite weapon. For those who are unfamiliar with the initials BFG, big fucking gun nine thousand. Or if uh, your certain iterations of the franchise, be it the books or uh, <coughs> cough, cough, the movie. Uh, it stood for Big Force Gun. <laughs> yeah. That's not yeah, what it stood okay. for. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah, um, th- that's not at all what it stood for. <laughs> that's somebody just trying to clean it up for a family friendly movie. The BFG was actually one of the. Uh, uh, one of gaming's examples of an easter egg weapon okay because it while it it is an official weapon in the game the bfg as i understand it was originally intended to be a joke weapon or a a uh hidden weapon so designed for the the most attentive of players to find to go around and find the where the BFG was and just absolutely wreck everything. Um, and a lot of other games later on uh, emulated Doom with the with the BFG. Like uh, in Halo Two, there there is a weapon called the Scarab Gun right. that is hidden on a certain level, and you have to do all of this ridiculous stuff to go get it. But it is the most powerful weapon in the game. It pretty much one-shots everything. But you can't take it past the level that you find it in. Well, look, the, the most beautiful thing the BFG has ever done was in Doom 2016. I'm going to spoil it for you. One of the main uh, villains you face, one of the main bosses, is, is, a, uh, is, a, is a mastermind. It's one of those uh, spy, uh, cyber spider brains. Yeah. The brain with the spider legs and shit like that, and you literally, for your finishing maneuver, your your glory kill, if you will, you take the BFG and shove it straight in its throat and pull the trigger. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful sight. <laughs> Speaking of beautiful sights, to go back to, to not just Doom in general, but specifically Doom Eternal, because that's where we started on this tangent, um, in the reveal trailer, they revealed a new game mode for doom and this is a this is a first really for doom because um that their their multiplayer has has 
uh, almost always been uh, very close to other first-person shooter multiplayer as of like Team Deathmatch or your, your players all playing Doom Slayers running around shooting each other with guns. Right. But the new game mode that they announced, Battle Mode, uh, pits one player playing as a Doom Slayer versus two other players playing as demons. Yes, yes, I, I saw that, and oh, I can't wait to pl- dig into that. Like uh, the big, the big thing I'm most looking forward to, obviously, with Doom is the campaign because the campaign is what brings me back to Doom every which way from Sunday. But I do remember playing all the D- team death matches and everything else on the original Dooms, and I played a little bit on the 2016. But yeah, the idea of the way they have this battle uh, battle mode designed, mm-hmm. where either you kill the Slayer or you have to kill both the demons yeah. within a certain amount of time. Yep. This looks intense, but it looks oh, yeah. great because each each demon, from what I saw, each demon has a has a has a frailty or a weakness and a strength, and they all play differently. Yep, that that's the thing that got me most excited. Is I am a sucker for games that that uh, provide you different characters that all play differently, uh, so you have to adjust your play style because that. That kind of characters in a game uh, is very reminiscent of RPGs to me. Because for most role-playing games, you can tailor your character to your playstyle. So you, you, you get to change up how your character plays because obviously you're, you're doing your playstyle, so it gives you tons of options. There's no real way to implement that into a first-person shooter... Um, without getting really having to get really creative with it, Border Borderlands tried to, to to merge the RPG and the first person shooter, and don't get me wrong, Borderlands is a great game series, but which we do have a third one of those coming out too. Yeah, you. you but for Borderlands, they had to retain that cla- a class system. So it's not like you you start out with your character and you can just pick whatever branch you want to go. You have to pick a class, a character who's a specific class, for to get what you playstyle you want. Like now, if it. No, I'm agree- I'm agreeing with you. But when I first looked at the battle zone and like with the uh, Slayer playing differently from. Uh, the, 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 the the couple of demons that they showed and the couple of demons all being individual of each other, especially with the online battle feel of it, I, I almost I drew kind of a different parallel. I thought of like the old arcade uh, uh, fighters like Street Fighter 2 or, or the original Mortal Kombat where no matter what character you played, like their move sets were different. Well, their, their weaknesses were different. You, you right. know, and and the, that was that the, was that was more of the parallel I drew from it than an R, which is weird because I'm an RPGer like you, but that was that was more of the parallel I took from Battlezone with the what they had described. Well, my first initial thought wasn't actually to the RPG side of it. Uh, I, that was a later musing on it. I think. Right. Um, the first thing I thought when I saw all the different demons and having their different abilities and everything is I'm like, oh, cool! This is taking a lot of stuff from MOBAs. I don't know, Mobus. A multi on multiplayer online battle arena. It's stuff like League of, League of Legends. Um, okay. Trying to remember what the other ba- Battleborn, maybe? No. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, you're you're speaking names I know, but games I've never played. Like I know the names, but I've never actually delved in to 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 see what they're about. Yeah, basically, they're 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 the you have a bunch of different pre selected champions. Overwatch is is a MOBA, um, but uh, you got a bunch of pre selected champions that all have their own special abilities and and, and different play styles, and um, that that's what the battle mode reminded me of because it's like you you pick a certain demon and the, that demon's going to be 
good at certain things. Uh, there are certain things that are all across the board, like all demons have. Right. And, uh, but they also have their own special abilities. And uh, I think like the setting up the walls and, and, and the summoning demons was... Uh, summoning minions was a thing all demons can do. Right. But um, it, Which... it, it, it adds an entirely new layer of gameplay onto the multiplayer experience. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, see, that, that's, some, that's something I took away from it. Like with the demons being able to, 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 to summon in things like imps and... You know stuff, stuff like that. The, uh, the 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 lesser demons, if you will. Um, really, it it I think it takes away the button mashing of your typical uh, uh, multiplayer online FPS, and actually adds a, a decorum of, of, of strategy. Mm-hmm. Because as a demon, you're figuring out the best way to trap the slayer. As a slayer, you're trying to figure out how to how to survive this onslaught and get to the two main demons that you have to kill. Like yeah. I, there, there's definitely a lot more, of, and I'm going to use a phrase that the developers use. There's a lot more emphasis on the cat and mouse game. Oh yeah, like as as the Slayer player, you're going to have to be making the decision: Are you going to go after the? Or are you going to try and figure out which of the demons is the weakest link and go after them first? Or are you going to take the hard guy out first and then go after the weakest link? I think I think I'd go after the hard guy first because if, if honestly so so would I because uh, apparently with with the whole limited time between killing having to kill both demons in a certain amount of time before the other respawns, uh-huh. um, you definitely want to take the, the 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 stronger player of the demon out first and then go for the other demon because. If you take out the weaker demon first, and you have a tough time with the stronger one, the other demon's going to respawn on you. Well, see, the only the only disadvantage I see to the demon side, not so much for the slayer side, but for the de- demon side, is demons are going to rely heavily on teamwork. Mm-hmm. And if Fallout 76 has taught me anything, which is a game that was designed for teamwork, that online communities... Mistake. Online communities don't like to work together as a team. I mean, your your friends, like you and me sitting down playing Doom Eternal and us winding up as demons, we'll work together. You and I are friends. We'll work together. But you give me a random, he's just going to worry about his kill-death ratio. He ain't going to give two shits about strategy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I I think if there's any chink in the armor, if you will, to what they presented... It's the relying, the, having the demon side rely on on uh, uh, it, team. It's the Leroy Jenkins effect. Exactly. Leroy Jenkins. I mean, I, I love, I, I love calling it the Leroy Jenkins effect because even if the whole Leroy Jenkins thing was completely staged, it still is so true. There's always that one asshole that just does not care that there's a plan in place and that everybody has their part. He's just going to do what he do. Right, but the funny thing about the Leroy Jenkins thing is that was taking place in, I believe, World of Warcraft. Yes. And, again, you're talking about an RPG thing where everybody would have uh, an actual role. But have you ever tried to team up with people in, say, Call of Duty? Where you have like somebody tanking it while somebody's sniping, or you know whatever the case may be. Have you ever actually tried to to group it? It never works because everybody all of a sudden's like, "I'm not getting enough kills. This isn't helping my KD." So fuck you guys. I want you know I want to be the 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 the, the top player in this round, and then I, all of a sudden I, everything goes to shit, and it always happens. I never liked trying to work together or, or play things on, on multiplayer for like Call of Duty or Battlefield or whatever because I like sniping and in, in first person shooters, particularly online multiplayer first person shooters, you can't play sniping like actual sniping. <laughs> because everybody's like, oh, you're a freaking camper. It's like... It's a legitimate strategy. Do, do, do you... Are you aware of how sniping works? Like, what do you what do you think Carlos Hathcock did in the Vietnam War? 
Right, but I, you know, the, the the camping thing is kind of the thing of the past, though. Like some people still do it in in the games, like battle. Well, especially in Battlefield, but I mean uh, in Call of Duty. But now the big thing that drives me up a wall is everybody runs around with fucking LMGs or shotguns. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, it's such overpower bullshit that it's like you're 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 not you're not that. I don't have a problem with a, a camping sniper because you're you're showing semblance of skill. There, there was a time, uh, I think it was Modern Warfare 2 for, for Call of Duty, where just running around the map and stabbing people was so overpowered. It was like the only thing I did. Like I would just run around the map and stab people. <laughs> well, see, I miss, I miss the stabbing. Uh, even, even back in, in Advanced Warfare, where it was called the Rabbit Punch, where it was a one-shot kill, I miss those. I hate the uh, the the rifle butts now that they do, where it takes two, three, four of them to try to, to try to kill somebody that who's at full health. It, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. But like the only time I have a problem with a sniper camping in a, in a spot and and you know aiming down sights the whole time is when they're spawn trapping. That I have yes. an issue with spawn 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 camping is is just no bueno. But like honestly. From uh, from a sniping standpoint, especially in like actual like sniping mechanics uh, applied to first person shooters, spawn camping as a sniper is a terrible idea because generally you, you know most uh, Call of Duty all that games have a kill cam. You're right. gonna kill somebody; they're gonna see where you shot them from. So spawn camping is a dumb idea because if you're just sitting there spawn camping. Sniping them, sniping them at their spawn. They're gonna know where you are. They're gonna figure out how to avoid getting killed by you when they spawn in, and then you're screwed. You're better off killing somebody, moving to a new position, killing somebody again, moving to a new position, and just rinse repeat. Well, see, it, it doesn't matter what type of gun you have. I always, I am, I, I get the most upset at, at spawn trapping, and the reason of being is because there's, there's nothing about, there's no redeeming quality about that. Okay, yeah, you're having a fun laugh because you're, you're, you know, you're spawn trapping people. You know, it's funny you're getting kills, blah 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 blah. But you're ruining the game experience for everybody else. It doesn't matter if it's the mediocre, mediocre gamer like myself, or if it's the diehard gamer like you know. Uh, optic scump stumpy for for example, you know what I mean. Um, if you're spawn trapping them, you're ruining their experience. For what? Your amusement? You're an asshole. You took you took enough. away you took away you took away the fairness of the game. You could be a great player and taking them out in the middle of the of the uh, map every single time. That should be good enough. Trapping a team and spawn. That's not a game. That's just it's a sen- it's essentially I, I, bullying. I think I, I put it I put it on the same level as cheating. Yeah, it's an intimidation move. I think it's I think it should be completely outlawed in online games. Mm-hmm. You know, but we're, we're kind of stepping away from the uh, uh, topic at hand. But uh, I mean, for first person shooters and first person shooter culture, it always ties into Doom. Because, you know, Doom was largely responsible for creating that culture in the first place. Right, absolutely. Like, uh, it's, because of, it's because of Doom that we got games in, in, in the early days of first-person shooters. We got games like GoldenEye. Um, we got games like, uh, I'm trying to remember some other early first-person shooters. My brain wants to automatically jump to Halo, but that's still a Perfect little later dark. down. Yeah, Perfect Dark. Uh, and then that gets us a little closer to Halo, the original Halo Combat Evolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Medal of Honor. Yep. Uh, Battlefield, Call of Duty. Uh, now, Halo, Halo itself, uh, Halo Combat Evolved is is responsible for um, making the multiplayer matches bigger. Because for for the original Doom and for others, uh, uh, for most first-person shooters, originally it was pretty much locked in at like four-player matches. Four-player matches, and they weren't online. They nine times out of ten they yep. were split screens. 
If you had, if you were doing MS DOS, it was LAN, LAN based. Right. Um. But um, you know, you locked into a four-player matches, and then uh, Halo Combat Evolved came around, and I believe we were bumped up to eight for um multiplayer matches. Right. For at least for at least live Xbox Live matches. And uh, your local split screen was still four player. Oh, split screen multiplayer. That takes me back. I remember uh, you, you mentioned Goldeneye. I remember having classic, classic matches with Goldeneye. Especially the Golden Gun can- uh, death matches. Yep. Where where there's one golden gun in the in the map and you grip that fucker and you're hiding in a corner waiting for everybody else and we all did it. You know you looked at the screen to see where everybody else was. That's what I was saying. Split screen <laughs> split screen multiplayer. Screen watching was the name of the game. And it wasn't cheating because everybody was doing it. No, it was but, cheating. Uh, it was cheating. It's just we you can't really call it out because you were doing it too, but it was cheating. Um, but uh, we actually had a house rule for Goldeneye no one was allowed to play Odd Job oh really why not because he's he's a shorter character than everybody else you have to move the gun down to shoot him so (laughs) whoever was playing Odd Job had a distinct advantage because they'd come around a corner and pop you before you could even get the reticle on him But yeah, I mean, uh, getting getting back to the topic at hand though, with with Doom Eternal, I, I yeah, it's hard to talk about the campaign because I mean, it's going to be the same story that Doom's always had. You we know? haven't really seen we haven't really seen much of the campaign. I mean, we saw gameplay of the campaign, but we haven't really seen anything like uh, showing us the storyline of it. That's pretty like, much all you need though, because Doom Doom story isn't so much really a story. It's okay, greedy scientists open. Yeah, greedy scientists open gateway to hell. Go kill demons. That's all you need. Doom's one of those games you don't really need a story. You just need a lot of hard heavy metal music in the background while you're using impossible guns and just murdering shit like only the Doom Slayer can. You see that guy? Fuck that guy. Greatest thing they added since Bethesda joined up with id to, to release Doom 2016 was the glory kills. Where you're sitting there, you're ripping shit apart with your bare hands. And oh my god, it's so beautiful. And I'm happy to see that they're bringing it back for Eternal. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like they, they made a big point of talking about the glory kills while they were doing the reveal. Um, Man, battle! I'm just glad. I'm just so glad that it and Bethesda didn't sell out. I'm so glad that we got the Doom Eternal announcement, and there wasn't the thing that I was scared was going to happen. What were you scared was going to happen? Introducing new Doom Battle Royale. Uh, <laughs> and I was going to be like, "Fuck you, no!" Yeah, but you know what? Again, bringing Fallout 76 into the limelight. Um, for a minute here, They're, just because they didn't announce it yet, doesn't mean it won't be a patch they add in later. Because, like with '76, I mean '76 was a multiplayer online RPG, and then they added a survival mode, which is now okay. Nobody, nobody can refuse a PvP battle. Everybody's constantly in PvP, but it's still an MMORPG. That's fine. Right. Then came Nuclear Winter, Fallout releases. A battle royale. I mean, it, in the survival mode, it's already basically a battle royale anyway. You can't refuse PvP. The the, the only thing that it isn't is is obviously you're going to respawn after you get killed because it's it's your standard play mode. But the, the only change they made to make it a battle royale is that there's actually a winner at the end for last man standing. Well, that that and the fact that you don't have access to the full map, and of course, over time, the map shrinks, you know, and if you're caught right. in a quote-unquote storm, you're going to die, and you know, yeah, typical shit. I mean, as far as Battle Royales are concerned, I, it's probably the one I could tolerate the most because I am a Fallout fan, 
And the one thing I will give him credit on is uh, at least Nuclear Winter does still keep some of the Fallout feel to it, like with the scavenging, the looking for weapons and and uh, and ammunition uh, aspect of of like you know playing out in the wasteland as you do in a Fallout game. It was just so disheartening and disappointing that Fallout had decided to release a battle where they jumped on the fucking bandwagon. Oh, it hurt my heart so much when that happened. You gotta go, it, it's it's going for the cash cow. It's it's the current it's the current cash cash grab. Exactly. I hate it so much. I hate it so much because battle royale is not even an original idea. <laughs> it's not. They a, didn't even. It's not an original idea. Change the name from the the movie that inspired it. Right, it's a, it's not an original idea, but I mean, it's not even, it, it's not even a creative thought. Here's a map. Here's a bunch of weapons. Go kill each other till one person's standing. Oh, you can't hide in the map the whole entire time. You have to move forward. That's the only thing we're going to add in there to add difficulty and challenge. The whole premise, and we kind of covered this on the first episode of, of Press A Gaming, right. the whole premise of Battle Royale games, like the entire, all of the features of a Battle Royale game are plot points from the original Battle Royale movie from 2000. <laughs> well, just it, is a, it is a... It is a, it is it is a, a group of Japanese high schoolers that are kidnapped, dropped on an island, handed bags with very limited supplies in them, and dropped off at different, released on different points of the island at different times, and then left to fend for themselves as the the certain parts of the island get locked off, and if you're caught in an area that gets locked off, you have a collar around your neck that explodes and kills you. And uh, the goal is to just survive. And that 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 was the whole premise of the movie, and it was a great idea for a movie. It was it was it was critically acclaimed in, in Japan. It got a manga adaptation. Uh, the only thing that never happened with it was an anime adaptation because nobody in the early 2000s wanted to touch such a gory um, topic for an anime. And uh, it was very critically acclaimed over in Japan. And then nothing it it, it kind of it created its own genre really but it didn't really have like any copycats pop up right. early on thing and then we had stuff pop up in the west like the hunger games never watched them never wanted to and then, and then video game uh video games implemented battle royale game modes and it's like why is it all of a sudden popular now? Like this, this has been in existence since the two thousands. It's it wasn't just waiting for gaming technology to catch up. <laughs> I think gaming technology just lost ideas. They want like you said, cash cow. They wanted something quick and cheap to produce that would put out a butt ton of money, and it does. Even Fortnite puts out a butt ton of money when people are buying into the season passes and. You know the tier, uh, buying the tiers to get the the cooler shit. It's making money. Yep. A free download game makes money. That should be your first clue. Free to play. Yeah, but I'm free not... to play, pay to win. Exactly, free to play, free to download, free to own, pay to win. And it, it, it's 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 a damn shame that the world's going to that. I would not. I would be highly disappointed, but I would not be surprised that if Bethesda found its way, they would they would add a DLC or a patch to Doom Eternal with a battle royale mode in the in the middle of hell or the middle of a uh, uh, Mars somewhere. And I will cry because you take the 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 forefront leader in FPSs and you just completely trashed it. Yep. I, I would cry. And, 
And people people can call me a fa- uh, Bethesda fanboy all you want. I am. I am. I love Fallout. I love Elder Scrolls. I love Doom. I love Wolfenstein. You know, I know Doom and Wolfenstein weren't originally created by by uh, Bethesda, but they own them now, so deal with it. You know, so I'm I'm a fan of all those genres. I'm a fan of Bethesda, but if Bethesda keeps fucking up the games I love, they're gonna lose me as a fan. Right. I'm just waiting for Bethesda to put out Elder Scrolls Battle Royale Skyrim. Bite your tongue. <laughs> Special edition. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a battle royale. It's just a re-release of Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. But as it you just progress, says battle royale in the title. Title. <laughs> as you progress, as you progress through the game, the map shrinks. <laughs> <laughs> it shrinks faster if you uh, contract vampirism. <laughs> That's a terrible thought. Oh. Oh my! You I you need to you need to go I to your room. Have made that joke. No, you you need to go home and rethink your life. <laughs> you don't want to sell me death sticks. <laughs> that was a, that was a terrible thing. Oh man! Speaking of terrible things, when memes become self-aware. Speaking of terrible things, let me hijack your show a minute and give you a little interview here. Uh oh. Chronicles of the Lost Realm has just recorded its season finale, and as yep, everybody, as we every, did finish that the other day. As as everybody who who is follows you know the Lost Realm and and Realm of the Mist Entertainment is fairly aware, Zephyr plays are the Bard character Billy Knowles. Yep, B- just Billy Knoll, not Knowles. Oh, Billy Knoll, excuse me, and, that, a, and of course. As my, as much as as much as I've made uh, Billy's feelings on puns known, his name is in fact a pun. Yeah, I'm still mad at myself that I missed that. I don't I don't want to give anything. I don't want to spoil episode ten because it doesn't release till Tuesday. But uh, I'm still mad I missed that pun with that one item. <laughs> I'm still mad about that. Like, oh my god, it was sitting right in my face and I didn't even see it. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's so bad because as a player, I'm like, I want it. But as a character, it's like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Uh, we, we are talking about doing the uh, Chronicles by the Campfire uh, roundtable where we sit down and we, we really discuss the uh, the uh, se- the season, the first season and how we feel it went, how the characters have progressed and everything else. Mm-hmm. But while I got you here and we got a couple minutes before we're at time, I figured I'd go ahead and give you an early shout at it. How do you feel season one of Chronicles went? Very well. Um, you know, we, we started out as, as the typical D&D party. We were taking everything seriously. We were, we were getting chugging along with the story. And then we just started subverting tropes left and right accidentally on purpose you know no rhyme or reason to it just just playing our characters and seeing where it went and just some of the random shit we got up to was great (laughs) what is one of your favorite memories thus far uh definitely the uh foiled bar fight oh god you asshole (laughs) <laughs> go ahead explain it <laughs> uh, so this episode has already aired so it's not really uh spoiling anything for anybody but uh we we did have an instance where we walked into a tavern in a town um where a dragonborn that later joined our party was currently being assailed by a lot of drunks uh our our grand leader it seems to be party leader, uh, Farun decided to step forward, throw his hood down, reveal that he was a drow to try and get the fight to stop. Only all it did was make the drunk guys want to beat him up instead. (laughs) So Billy was just like, all right, let's put a stop to us and cast sleep and immediately knocked every single human character in the room out. Leaving Farron standing there, dumbfounded and disappointed looks at Billy and is like, hey! 
which for those that don't know, I, pl- I play for Ron. Uh, it's funny because you called him the leader, and, and it's kind of the role he kind of stumbled into. But he, he's really not a leader. At least not the way I'm, I'm trying to, to play him like he wants to be. He's less, he's less of a leader and more of a babysitter at this point. He, he, he really is. But the, the thing about Ferran is, is that in all intents and purposes, especially in Elven years, he's a teenager. He's still trying to figure shit out on his own. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he, he very much, he very much is like, he's taking, he's taking the leadership role because trust me, working with Billy and Hillman. Billy doesn't want it. <laughs> Billy doesn't want it, and nobody wants Hillman in charge. Billy kind of got roped into this whole thing and really hasn't figured out what the heck's going on yet. Billy would very much rather be at a tavern entertaining people right now. But Ferran but for is basically a moody teenager who's trying to step out of his father's shadow. You know, and now he's thrust into this, this campaign with these characters that... He really doesn't know what to make of him to begin with. He's unsure of himself, even though he's very cocky. Yeah. And, and but, uh, but def- the, my my personal favorite, and it, this just aired this week, so you guys can go check it out. My personal favorite for for my character, <clears throat> in general, for my character, was Drunk Ferran. <clears throat> that you know that was that was a very well done on your part. You well, you role pl- you role played that one well. Well, the reason it's my favorite is not because of how I did, was how all you guys reacted. Because <laughs> none of you saw it coming. <laughs> my favorite my favorite memory of the campaign. Two things come to mind. One was Hillman's fireball that started <laughs> episode nine. Has that aired yet? That's aired. That that, that aired <laughs> okay. Tuesday, this past Tuesday. So yeah, that the, the the fireball that probably pissed off all our listeners. <laughs> that was freaking great. <laughs> and and then uh, in the season finale, something you did to Hillman in the library. That's all I'm gonna say. You you know what I'm talking about. I don't yep. because that releases this Tuesday, so I don't want to spoil that. All I'm going to say is what you did to Hillman in the, in the library. <laughs> I will not apologize for art because again, you came up with this beautiful idea, which worked out, and all all points to AJ Perry. He played it off beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there worrying about my character, and I'm just sitting there stumbling, laughing with what you guys were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I there there was there was a there was a brief moment in that entire exchange where I was legitimately afraid I was going to kill him. <laughs> there was a there was a glitch in the sound system when when uh, when the chronicler was talking. I literally thought he did say you crushed him. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, has he got to make death saves? <laughs> anyway, we're getting we're getting too close. We might spoil yeah, it for people. We don't want to spoil uh, it. Trust me, when it releases Tuesday, you'll want to check out the season finale, and no, and you'll no definitely... spoil no spoilers or at least the least spoiler I can get. I did something a little mean to Hill Hillman. Go check it out; it's but, funny. But it was funny. <laughs> there was a lot of for you know what for as intense as the uh, the, the finale was, uh, and to me it, it 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 ended pretty intensely and. I, ironically, it it, it kind of shook Ferran's world, but there was that a lot was of definitely a hell of a cliffhanger. I'm so looking forward to season two yeah, and so where we I. go from there. So like I. it's it's nice that like because you gotta you gotta consider us we're, we're the actors in this little show. Like it, it's different from like most other shows i guess because we don't know what's going to happen ahead of time it's not like we have a script that we're reading lines from we're kind of really writing it as we go but still as the actors for these characters we are excited to see where the show's going next so it's it's kind of nice to to be on the same page as the audience well especially when you think about it like even even the combat system it's random chance with dice or Uh in our in our case a a phone app (laughs) You know, but you know the the the, the random chance. We don't even know how the fights are going to go. 
yeah, it could it could go the way we plan, or it could it could we could completely bomb it. So it's it's nice, and it's it's nice that we can kind of share this journey with the fans because uh, we know just about as much as they do about what's coming next. Just we're uh, maybe a week ahead. Well, that that's exactly it. Um, but what I was saying about the season finale is even with all the heavy stuff and the cliffhanger, there was a lot of comedy in this episode. Oh yeah, this upcoming episode, which I that that's the thing I love the most about Chronicles of the Lost Realm is that even even when we're doing serious <laughs> RPG and and Ray himself has been quoted in saying that he loves our group because we we actually role play we actually you know we don't go off topic and go too meta you know well, I mean, as par- some part part of part of Billy Knoll's character is meta references so. Well, right, but I'm saying like we're not we're not just metaing up the whole entire show. Oh no, but you know. like that's that, that's the big thing. It's like the, uh, there's a big distinction between meta gaming and meta references, and Billy Noel exclusively does meta references. Like there's there's no meta gaming there. It's just meta references. Billy mm-hmm. Billy seems to have knowledge of ex- things that that aren't necessarily in existence in this world. <laughs> Right, like, you know. Uh, I, I still, I still need to actually sit down with Ray and give him the backstory because there's, there's a, there's a reason his name is Billy Knoll. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of my favorite things of this whole entire series is the fact that like in every episode, there's something comical, at least one thing comical that happens every episode. Nine times out of ten, it's Hillman. But I mean, it's, you know, it's. It, but we've, we've, we've learned as, as players and and our characters, you know, the roles we play. They've learned to co- cohese to each other, like they play off of each other, which I think is 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 phenomenal. Because especially because of the way we started, we have a senile mage who's a halfling, we have a half elf bard who's, for lack of a better term, is annoying, and then you have the straight edge Ferran who's just annoyed by both of them, <laughs> and. Yet somehow they've learned to play off of each other and work together, <laughs> yep. which of course comes from you, me, and AJ performing the characters and and us having a good time with it. So, <laughs> well, what I what I've liked about the this campaign so far is in most of the combats we've managed to synergize without actually having to like plan and strategize. We're just kind of doing what our characters would do, and it just sort of works out. Exactly, you know. Um, I can't. I can't wait till till next season. I I can't wait for it to start. Um, I'm already missing the sessions. Like I'm I'm so heartbroken that come Tuesday when when episode ten releases, we're not sitting down playing episode eleven. Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta give it time. Let let the let the audience build up hype. Oh, absolutely. For season two. Get, oh, get everybody interested so everybody comes back and watches it. And uh, it's not like they're not going to have something to watch us do in the meantime. We're going to be starting up Metal Fantasy soon. That is true. I, I, I said give me two weeks to, to really put the uh, the everything together and we would sit down and start on that. And then also we're working, with, uh, uh, working out something with uh, Shattered Tabletop, Shattered Dungeon. And maybe doing some talent exchanges with them. And also, there's talks. I don't want to spoil it. But there is talks of maybe a couple of them coming to the Lost Realm with their own game series. Mm-hmm. So, you know, big, big, big things are happening on the horizon for the Lost Realm gaming community. Yep. So, but of course, as far as the gaming community is concerned, we also still have... Press A Gaming podcast and the Press A Gaming video game playthroughs still yep. happening. As a matter of fact, ironically, I started a, a campaign, a, a Let's Play campaign for Doom Three. <laughs> you got to cash in on that Doom Eternal hype. It's exactly it too. Well, the funny we, thing is, we really, like, we really do need to, to sit down and, and get a lot more of the Minecraft Let's Plays going, though, because that that's that's how we're gonna get a. Uh, cash in on the YouTube algorithm. I've done five. But it sucks when you're the only one playing and you don't really understand the game. Yeah, we need we need to kinda get we need to get a Lost Realm server going or something. <laughs> well what system do you play it on? Uh I have a whole bunch of different things, but mostly on PC. It's the most up to date. 
And PC costs money. I have it on Xbox. Um, if you have a Mojang account, you can download it for free. I don't know if I have an account. I have to look into that. <laughs> yes, I, I, I have I have a Mojang account, and I just I download it for free on just about every uh, PC, laptop, whatever I own, because whenever I get something new, I just log into the Minecraft.net, and it's like, oh hey, you've already purchased Minecraft. Download link. Yeah, I so don't know. you can buy it once, and it remembers it forever. I don't know. I don't know if. Uh... I don't. I don't remember. I don't think uh, Microsoft, uh, the Xbox, made me sign up any. any the account Xbox, on, the or, Xbox version might not have. Yeah, but so. uh, it's it's only it's only twenty nine ninety nine for the PC version, and once you buy it, you have it on any PC you have for life. Or I could just borrow your password. Well, no, no, I didn't say that on camera. Well, I, I don't know if that would I don't know if we'd be able to get on at the same time that way. <laughs> and you you would be permanently linked to my account, so it would be my avatar. And plus, the re- one of the reasons I like the Minecraft PC is uh, the editable skins. So much easier to edit your skin. Fair enough, but still, you could spend twenty bucks and pick up the Xbox version for purposes of a press a gaming. Yeah. You, you you could have a uh, well I already have an Xbox version. Well there you go. But uh, <laughs> I, I like the I like the PC version because it has a lot more features than uh, the a lot more stuff in it than the Xbox or the console versions. They're a little bit behind. Well, we did have one thing we started and we never uh, took it any further than one episode. Yeah, Star Wars: The Old Republic. That is true. So we got to we got to think about bringing that back as well. Yep. But these are all things we could discuss off air. <laughs> yeah. now, you know, it's nice. It's nice to give the fans a little bit of insight to, to what's going on behind the scenes every once in a while. That is true. Letting letting them know that we are thinking about uh, different things to bring more uh, more entertainment to them, the best we can. <laughs> yep, and we always try. And on that note, always remember, uh, I'm your host Zephyr Zero, and. Uh, you can find me on the Press A Gaming Podcast every other Friday on Realm of the Mist. You can also find me on Chronicles of the Realm, which we should be dropping the season finale next Thursday. Tune in for that. Oh, it's, uh, it's, played... it's already uploaded and edited, and uh, it's it's set to premiere at uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Lost Realm YouTube channel. All right, cool. I play the character Billy Noel. Uh, Wild High, where can they find you? You can find me anywhere you see uh, Realm of the Mist Entertainment or Press A Gaming, whether here on YouTube or, yeah, Press A Gaming, uh, The Lost Realm, whether here on YouTube or wherever quality podcasts are heard. And as uh, Zephyr said, you can find me on Chronicles of the Lost Realm. When- three-eyed turtle? Is that all right? <laughs> what the fuck is a three-eyed turtle? Who wants a mustache ride? Are you tired of the same old podcasts with no humor? Well, join us for After Hours, where everything is funny, at least to us, on Anchor.fm, and where quality podcasts are heard. How the fuck did we get on this? I don't know. CC started this shit. It's their fucking fault. from the comic collection at 83 Bustleton Pike in Feasterville, Pennsylvania. Our phone number is 215-357-3332. We are right next to Northeast Philadelphia. We have action figures, gaming, statues, albums, and CDs, graphic novels, other knickknacks, and, of course, comics. Established in 1985, we are your go-to store. Come by and say hello. And say that the guys from RadioCast FM Radio sent you. The address again is 83 Bustleton Pike, 
Easterville, Pennsylvania, or call 215-357-3332. Yay, that's home! Golly, Pop, we have been waiting all day for you so we can listen to the radio. Daddy, may we listen to Chronicles on the last round? But I want to listen to the Lone Ranger. Now, son, you know we only listen to the highest quality, high fantasy, chaos-fueled podcast around. Oh, shucks. Chronicles of the Lost Realm Podcast. High fantasy chaos for only the most discerning ear. Join us every other Friday to hear what crazy antics these players get into next. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and give us a like at Chronicles of the Lost Realm. Don't forget to check for us on YouTube. Coming to you soon. Hi, my name's Chris, and I'm here to tell you about Realm of the Mist podcast. Realm of the Mist podcast, we talk about all the great entertainment things from movies, music, books, comic books, and many, many other forms of entertainment, as well as politics, current events, and just general humor and having a good time. If you're looking for a podcast that is right up your alley, look no further than Realm of the Mist podcast here on anchor.fm or where fine podcasts can be heard he said that she said how dare you say that that's offensive well someone's gotta say it it had to be said with venus kept the live show tuesdays at 9 p.m eastern time check out the recordings at any time guest shows weekly Listener, beware. Mature content. Sexual content. Trigger warning. Do you dare say it? Why didn't the three little pigs go in for some kind of flat share scheme? Does Jesus get to choose which wine he turns it into? Why don't Sims have the upper body strength to climb out of a swimming pool? And does everybody really want to be a cat? I'm Will Baker. And I'm Alex Prescott. And if you're the type of person that overthinks these deep philosophical questions, then Think to the Brink is the podcast for you. From Disney characters to song lyrics, debates to social etiquette, tune in every week for your dose of paralysis by analysis. All topic suggestions are welcome. If you can think it, we can overthink it. Think Think to to the Brink. Brink. Available on all podcast platforms. You know, when you need CBD, vape juice, or a new mod, go to Vape Scorpion. 10859 Boston Avenue, Philadelphia, PA 19116. They are formerly known as East Coast Vapor. They have all your needs, all the equipment, all the juice. And hey, while you're there, sit down, enjoy a beer, bring your own, and just hang out with a bunch of cool people. So guys, if you really need your next vape machine or maybe you just want to try a locally made uh, juice, make sure you hit up Vape Scorpion. That's 1085 Boston Avenue, Philadelphia PA 19116. Or give a call to 215-464-8273. Oh yeah, and make sure you let them know that Realm of the Mist Entertainment sent you. Hey everyone, this is John Tolley, inviting you to check out War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, me and my co-host Christopher Stolley discuss the news and theories surrounding one of the largest movie franchises in the world. So join us every Wednesday at 8 Eastern as we travel to the galaxy far, far away, right here on Anchor FM and wherever fine podcasts are heard. Hey everyone, this is Dak. This is Liam. And this is White People Shit. We are a bi-weekly podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe you're bi-week. I'm straight and strong. It means twice a week, you douche. Oh.
Yeah, listen to us twice a week. On White People Wednesdays, we talk about gay stuff, zombies, superhero sex positions. And on Feature Peep Fridays, we interview the Feature Peep of the Week. Yeah, like a fucking furry. Just search WPS Podcast and look for the white dude in red pajamas. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We believe in equal opportunity humor, where all things can be made fun of. So if your feelings get hurt and you're offended, you can always eat a dick.